Views expressed during Impact Cafe are those of the panelists and do not represent the views of Franklin Energy or AM Conservation Group. Welcome to another installment of Impact Cafe, a podcast from Franklin Energy, an AM conservation group that's dedicated to discussing all things related to energy innovation and impact in communities across North America. In our latest episode, join Jim Gould, Director of Corporate Affairs, and Brody Vance, Multifamily Strategy Manager for Franklin Energy, as they sit down with special guests from Energy Infrastructure Partners a nationally certified minority-owned business with a leading-edge strategic energy management offering. In today's discussion, we dive into a new and innovative approach to overcoming barriers in energy efficiency for low- to moderate-income, multifamily households, and promoting energy equity across the nation. Thank you for joining us. Welcome to another edition of Franklin Energy's Impact Cafe. I'm Jim Gould, Head of Corporate Affairs and Sustainability Leadership. Today's edition of uh, Impact Cafe is both newsy and it's going to be a deep study on a a key clean clean energy opportunity. I'm joined by three exciting guests, Rennie Page, a CEO of Energy Infrastructure Partners, EIP, Martin Lott, who's the Vice President of Engineering and Technical Services at EIP, as well as our very own Brody Vance. Brody is our multifamily building energy efficiency strategy manager. That's a mouthful, Brody, but uh, I think I got it. I think I got it. Gentlemen, thank you for joining me. Let's, let's get to it. Here's the news part. Franklin Energy uh, and EIP have recently partnered to better serve the multifamily housing market, as well as to better promote energy equity across the nation. And that sets the table nicely for a deeper spotlight, a deeper discussion, on the multifamily building decarbonization uh, opportunity. Uh, it's a it's an enormous opportunity. And Rennie, um, the challenge and opportunity for our listeners is, is multifamily. First, buildings in the U.S. contribute about 40% of the nation's carbon emissions. And that's through, of course, that's through heating and cooling and lighting. And multifamily buildings, condos, apartment buildings, mixed-use buildings, retirement complexes, public housing, et cetera, one estimate that I found said that 32 million residences in the U.S., or about 24, 24% of the housing in the nation, is considered multifamily, uh, and many of those are, are rentals. Those numbers, to me, uh, Rennie, are, seem to be daunting, uh, but at the same time, the opportunity for change and creating real sustainability must be exciting, too. So, Rennie, in your mind, how big is this opportunity? How can we uh, go after it? Thanks, uh, and thanks for having us today. After COVID, the greatest crisis facing America is affordable housing, a subset of multifamily. Um, Every city, every county in America is seeking solutions to what is a financial and economic challenge, the high cost of housing. Utilities are being pressured by these policymakers to contribute ideas and solutions. We think that this program is part of the answer and that every utility in America cares about this topic. Let me switch over to Brody Vance. Brody, uh, Franklin Energy is arguably one of the industry leaders in the multifamily market. How do you think the partnership with EIP will help elevate the company's program offerings? And and why have you uh, chosen specifically 
to focus on multifamily. Mark Seabry, he's our director of diverse sourcing and inclusion. He brought EIP to me and said, uh, hey, I think these these guys out of the Northeast would be good to work on multifamily. Rennie's out of New York and you know lives in Brooklyn. Little did I know at that point that they've got staff in Chicago, Portland, Oregon, uh, nor did I know that strategic energy management was really one of their core competencies. So as we and many other utilities out there running multifamily programs already know, direct install is kind of saturated. Much of the multifamily market's low-hanging fruit, and many of the remaining solutions for reducing energy waste in a multifamily property requires capital. After an 18-month pandemic, a lot of property management firms aren't really flush with capital these days, and they lack resources. So, you know, strategic energy management can provide a low to moderate income property or even a market rate property for that matter. You know, give them structure and provide workforce development to change their operations and behaviors in regards to energy use. That's not just to say that the maintenance and management company staff receive all of the educational you know, training on energy use, but also we involve the residents because they're a focal point and, and it's very different from a commercial or industrial SEM program because they don't have occupants in the building 24 seven like multifamily does. SEM is a far more customer centric approach for multifamily. And we like the model of going beyond traditional light touch DSM multifamily programs of the past when we're gonna be working with low to moderate income customers. You know, uh, we're getting into the jargon already with the SEM. Martin, uh, you, we, we, we're talking about SEM uh, or strate- strategic energy management as uh, a part of a solution here. Tell me how that approach better serves multifamily buildings, where, where in, in the past, I think, SEM was largely thought of as largely in a commercial industrial space. Yeah, absolutely, Jim. And that's a great question. So I've had the privilege uh, to design and implement strategic energy management programs uh, since the inception, you know, and what keeps me coming back is, is strategic energy management's ability to transform organizations, you know, accelerate careers within those organizations and really develop deep lasting relationships um, uh, with them. And, and so you know, how I see this affecting multifamily is as much as it has other market segments, you know, it is, is to continue to, to forge those, those benefits. And so the benefit that I think strategic energy management is going to bring to multifamily is really its ability to engage the entire community um, and to uh, harness the power of those communities uh, towards energy efficiency through to decarbonization and ultimately to renewables. Um, you know, this has been a very powerful tool that's been applied uh, throughout North America now uh, to really jumpstart, you know, efforts, um, you know, with organizations that sometimes are just frankly challenging uh, uh, to, to get into and, and to do good projects with. In, in other words, it's really all about planning and understanding the big picture and then and, and, and not having a uh, one size fits all for every building, every di- dynamic, every environment, every space. Mm-hmm. Ready, Mar- Brody talked about where you guys were located. You're, as, uh, you, were, you were founded, I think, originally in, in, in New York City and in, in, in the boroughs of New York City. I, what I've learned is that geography plays an associate important part in the solutions. How is that transferable and beneficial for the rest of the nation when it comes to yeah. successful multifamily energy management? You, you use the 
a figure in your opening that 40% of greenhouse gas from, from buildings. In New York City, it's 70%, right? And if you think of New York old or new, there's a lot of apartment buildings here. So it certainly informs our insight as to how to approach residents. New York City and New York State have been very aggressive in adopting legislation to lower greenhouse gas. These policies, again, put a lot of pressure on utilities and result in new programs. We've been very active in several of these programs. The New York City Accelerator, where we are the financial advisor to all building owners that want to you know, take advantage of that uh, effort. So figuring out how to outreach to the, both the residents and uh, building owners is a big part of our day-to-day -day challenge, working with Class B, Class C, uh, multifamily buildings, as well as public housing. We have been very involved in NYSERDA programs. So these are all relevant programmatic solutions that we've been involved with in New York that have informed this program that we've developed with Franklin. Yeah. Again, I think impressive that you've had that kind of success in a place, like you said, in, in New York City, where the density is, is, is so uh, remarkable that you have 70% of, uh, of uh, emissions are coming out of the buildings. But again, I'm curious to see how across the nation, we've got a remarkable geography and variety of geographies across the nation. Martin, you your background is on the other side of the country. You're a Pacific Northwest guy you know, with a background in, in engineering and an MBA, uh, how do you see, how, how does that solution translate to that environment? I think the Pacific Northwest provided us a unique incubator for, for some of these ideas and approaches. Um, you know, I, I'd like to think that there's a culture of sustainability here that goes uh, back uh, many decades. You know, we also like to pride ourselves on a sense of innovation and or, or perhaps even counterculture. Um, but also, you know, economically, we have, um, fortunately, a legacy of federal investment that goes back to the Depression that has given us really low cost power, right? And so as we go out there and try to implement energy efficiency, well, the economics are uh, working against us to some extent. So that's really forced us to get creative. And so that was really um, kind of the atmosphere in which um, strategic energy management was born. So we, we had to figure out a different way to work with organizations to implement solutions. And so uh, many of those lessons are, are what are baked into our approach to this day. Let's uh, make a switch here a little bit. This is a question I'm going to throw right to uh, Renny and Brody. You can each take a crack at it. I, you know, with the new partnership uh, between EIP and Franklin Energy, it's it coming at a pretty opportune time, right? I mean, we're hearing a lot about energy equity, energy affordability. Is there a qualitative difference between the terms equity and affordability? It's, it feels like either way, these are hot topics in the industry. You know, with the disruption we have seen during COVID, we've seen a tremendous disruption around the economic, social, racial issues. Um, is social justice has really come to the, for, the forefront. So where do you see uh, what you're doing with multifamily, how that ties, especially to the program uh, focus will be 
LMI, low and moderate income families and, and residents? I, I think Brody did a, a good job when he introduced how we're approaching this and uh, talking about some of the components of the program, like workforce development, the opportunity to put dollars into the communities, uh, which includes the small businesses in those communities that can deliver these upgrades within these communities. So this is not a big dollar program. This is a small dollar program, but it can lead to more activity in environmental justice communities. I, I like the EJ term versus the diversity term, but in, within those communities, I think there's a great opportunity to uh, get more residents involved if we can also get the building owners committed to making these upgrades. And we all know that that's a challenge, but the programs are typically there on the part of the utility. The challenge is getting the building owners and the residents to participate in those programs. And that's the purpose of an SEM initiative. You know, many times it's, it's low income, but it's often market rate housing as well, facing the exact same challenges. You go to Midtown Manhattan and a building on 42nd Street, or 40th Street probably, getting uh, residents to participate is just as challenging, but they don't have the same economic challenges. So from a perspective of diversity, equity, and inclusion, here's an opportunity to drive some economic activity in EJ communities, and we'll see how that evolves. Cool. Brody? So from the standpoint of you know, SEM filling that void of serving multifamily, which is underserved. There's a lot of multifamily programs that want to address in-unit energy use under residential, split up common area, uh, you know, and central systems into a commercial program, which leaves this disjointed effort and not addressing the whole building as one, right? Affordable multifamily housing has got a ton of turnover. There's turnover of staff, residents alike. And when that occurs, it impacts energy usage, you know, within the property. A lot of institutional knowledge of the staff goes with those departing folks. And multifamily sector isn't one to really have strong operations manuals, really, on curbing energy waste. They don't have anything to give the next maintenance person, right? So we need to do something more for their workforce development, right? Get them a certification as a part of you know, the SEM efforts. We need to make sure that, you know, not only the maintenance staff are becoming more educated on energy use, but also the residents, because there's turnover there, a lot of turnover, in fact. So many of our programs, really, we're only encountering and working with the residents who are home during an energy assessment, during an audit, or during direct install. That might be 30% of the people who are home at that time. What are you doing with the rest of the 70% of people who don't get anyone talking to them or coming into their home? So we need to include everyone. If you're gonna just throw pizza parties for people to come and learn about energy efficiency, we know how that ends up. You're gonna get five people out of a hundred that actually come to it and they take home a lot of pizza. It's not very effective and we need to do better. Thank you, Brody. Uh, hey, Martin. With the growing number of renewables, uh, well, how will that play a part in, in our solutions? You know, Jim, I, I think the equitable deployment of de 
carbonizing technologies is really going to be the challenge of our time. Um, but, you know, as I'm fond of saying, SEM is, it's much like an operating system that we load into these organizations, these communities that we're working with, uh, so that once fully in place, we can run really, really any number of projects um, in that operating system. And so, of course, energy efficiency uh, is going to be high on our mind, um, looking for those opportunities to, to turn down, turn off the equipment that's already in place, to upgrade where we can, um, uh, to, to find those systems that we can perhaps change out into electrically driven systems, um, and then in time, install renewables um, into the mix. You know, going beyond that, I see this SEM operating system as really giving these communities uh, the, the tools to access the full breadth of third-party resources. So, so there's there are a lot of, say, financial resources available that, you know, are going underutilized. And so once we have broader, deeper capabilities within these communities, I think those uh, resources can really be brought to bear to accelerate uh, the pace of renewables, decarbonization, and as always, energy efficiency. Great answer, Martin. Thank you. So uh, I'm going to go around the horn here because I'm thinking big picture, you know, uh, multifamily on one hand, while it's a tremendous opportunity, it also poses tremendous challenges. I think uh, it's often called the split incentive, right? You know, the the owner of the building has a incentive to do one thing and they've got tenants with incentives for, for, for other behaviors. And again, those numbers are staggering when you've got, you're talking about millions of buildings and people across the U.S., different geographies. What would be the one thing you'd like to see change to help us advance the cost of sustainability in the multifamily space? You've got the magic wand. And there's a hell of a lot of dynamics, challenges out there, potential solutions, roadblocks, you name it. What we need to accomplish with multifamily is, is really no longer a problem of technological innovation. I think the technology is here. It really comes down to how do we get them into these organizations, right? And so, you know, if I had a magic wand, you know, we would, we would have you know, building managers as well as tenants that understand what is possible in their in their communities and in their buildings and we have those technologies at our disposal um, for immediate deployment um, really this 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 is a challenge of organization um, uh, much more than it is a challenge of technology and so um, that's what I would hope if I had a had a magic wand is that we we have the awareness and we have the systems immediately at our disposal um, for quick implementation. Good, uh, good wand. Uh, Brody, your turn. So if I could wave my magic wand and convince all the utilities out there that multifamily is a sector they need to be putting their dollars into, you know, that would be the first thing I'd go after because a lot of programs look at, uh, you know, multifamily is this redheaded stepchild as I refer to it. Right. And that's an affectionate term for me in that they don't know where to place multifamily. Is it residential? Is it commercial? Right. I've had a lot of utility reps, you know, in fact, I had one utility rep tell me that he has one large housing authority 
that when you combine all the commercial accounts, all the residential usage, exterior lighting, it added up more than any of his industrial customers, at least within his territory, right? And instead, people look at it like, oh, there's a whole lot of individual use customers. How are we going to get to that? I don't know. Let's just leave it as it is, right? No, we need to invest time and resources into the common accounts as well as the residential accounts for apartments. And that's how we're going to make hay. It isn't going to be only tackling, you know, industrial customers, which is the cheapest and and some of the best savings overall, but it's not doing anything to fight, you know, energy inequality as those residents are paying uh, their bills, their rate paying customers just as much. I don't see them getting return on their utility payments like they do if they were an industrial customer. That's great, Brody. Yeah, good answer, Brody. All right, uh, Rennie, you're yeah, so uh, clean up. Yeah, I'll, I'll be controversial. Um, I, I do think that back to being in New York City, the carrot and stick approach that the city has taken with mandates uh, is extremely appropriate for moving the ball forward on lowering greenhouse gas. This benefits some utilities and others it does not. I get that. But overall, it's gonna mean a lot of opportunity in the multifamily space. And I'd like to see this mandate with a hefty penalty replicated in other markets. You know, I think it's pretty clear the proportion of people living in multifamily communities is only gonna grow over time. You know, likewise, the I think the pressure to transform how we generate, transmit, and use energy, that's also going to accelerate. The good news is that, you know, with the deep relationships that we're, we're forging um, in multifamily, that's really going to equip um, them and us to tackle the challenges uh, that lie ahead. And so I'm optimistic. Uh, that, that we can rise up and meet these challenges because it is the challenge of our day. Any closing words, Brody or Rennie? I think what's next is that we're looking to partner with utilities or state energy offices who see the value in investing in a multifamily SEM pilot, right? Anyone who can get in early and learn from a cohort or two about the potential for improving energy efficiency in buildings through you know, SEM, which is a proven channel. If we can apply that to multifamily, we can provide a better future for residents and for maintenance staff if we start serving the low to moderate income households with SEM. Ready? what's next? I'd like to say something about the partnership between Franklin and Energy Infrastructure Partners. We're extremely pleased that Franklin's been willing to to partner with us, not just ask us to become a subcontractor. As a diversity firm in the space, um, it's often not the case that we have that opportunity. I think Franklin's being very forward thinking, and I think we're all gonna benefit. We think we bring some new ideas to the table. We're diverse in many ways, and that that's gonna contribute to the solution in the multifamily space and in other market segments. Oh, Martin and Rennie, uh, thank you so much for joining us. And, and I, am, I am too also thrilled about the partnership. Brody, thank you for all that you've done to make that partnership, you know, come alive, come together. 
And uh, thanks for your, uh, your time this morning. Thank you for joining us for Impact Cafe. Franklin Energy delivers more than 100 turnkey energy efficiency and grid optimization programs for utility partners across North America. We work alongside our sister company, AM Conservation Group, who manufactures and supplies more than 300 energy efficiency and water conservation products. We help our energy partners achieve their goals with solutions implemented by more than 1,300 energy experts. Watch out for our next Impact Cafe to join our ongoing conversation. To make sure you're always a part of the conversation, follow Franklin Energy on LinkedIn and Twitter for updates. See you at the next Impact Cafe.